What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back. It's another beautiful Monday evening. We're recording our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Something. Our Joe Rogan Experience fan podcast. (laughs) God, what would that be like? DMT. Lots of DMT and... Lots of DMT, lots of like weird jock philosophy. But would it be just a tiny bit of right wing ideology? A lot of UFOs. A lot of UFOs. Yeah. Dude, what do you think of the storm being the Area Fifty One? Did you do you know about this? Uh, yeah, I know about it, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's a real thing. No. I think it's. I think it's just silly. It's Coney two thousand twelve, dude. It's, it's just, just people being like crazy. It's a it's a joke. It's like when they all voted for potato salad on that fucking GoFundMe page, and the guy got like a hundred thousand dollars or something for potato salad. Yeah, he's like, help me make potato salad. This was like back in two thousand and ten, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember what year it was. I was drinking. <laughs> I was like, damn. I, why didn't I think of this potato salad thing? I'd be flushing Evan Williams right now. This is awesome. Um. <laughs> So, yep. Okay, I just wanted to uh, just check in, check in my mic there for a second. So, welcome right. back to the A's for Alcoholic. This has nothing to do with UFOs um, or Joe Rogan. Or Joe it's Rogan just a joke yeah. um, at all. That, and that's fine. I mean, good for him and good for good for the <laughs> UFOs. So I've had, uh, yeah, that'll work. So, so first, I, I want to quickly, uh, for those of you who don't know, go through um, our our sponsors, the people that uh, help put this show together whether directly or indirectly um green camel press which we just did a green camel press field trip out today and went on a big old hike of taylor mountain which is out here in the northern california i don't know what you call it it's kind of like the serengeti of northern california you know like the rolling hills and it was it was really great but greencamelpress.com we do artwork we are working on we have t-shirts for sale we have uh greeting cards for sale we do all kinds of cool digital doodles. And what is a digital doodle? Well, say you want to get something nice for your wife, your lady, your mom, your dad, I don't know. So you send us the information and we draw it up for you. Like you're like, yeah, my dad's name is Tim and he likes to mow the lawn and his favorite color is brown. And he's got right. a dog named Chucky. This sounds like you're reading off a copy. No, you got copy there? No, you got just, ad copy? <laughs> I'm just making this up. And um, and then we we do a time lapse drawing of your dad named Tim. His favorite color is blue, and we get the picture of Chucky. We you can send it to him right. for Father's Day or his birthday, or you know Christmas is around the corner. So yeah, go check it out. GreenCamelPress.com. 
I also want to tell you about a couple other podcasts that um, that we produce here. Um, one is called Rashida and John, where I talk with my girlfriend about relationships and um, uh, health and wellness and all that good shit. Um, we just did our last one and we talked about God, which whoa, I know, okay, I know, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's just a trip. But well, you know, I mean, it's not just God. Not like, hey, what's who's your God and what's my God and maybe our, right. you know, but spirituality and stuff like that. And it's such a. No, I mean, I gotta listen to that oh, one now because I'm like, whoa. I think whoa, you, you should. Mind. Do you, yeah. I think you should, man. I I thought it was it was really cool. And you know, the thing like that, kind of like what I do with you, you know, that you and I do, that her and I, we don't really. I mean, we have a topic and we have you know some idea, but we don't have a um. You know, we never have an outline, Jerry. We don't. You and I just sit here yeah. and we talk, right? And that's right. I mean, that's my favorite part is that if I had an outline and I had a, some sort of script to follow, I don't think it would be as much. I don't fun. No, I don't think it would be as I, fulfilling. It wouldn't be as stream of consciousness. So now I got to listen to the God one. I'm yeah. gonna do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Please, I would love to know what you think too. Um, yeah. So that one's called Rashida and John, and then my uh, other one that. Our friend Walter, who does not listen to this podcast, I know that for a fact. But um, <laughs> well, maybe he does. He might, but he might, I don't. Yeah. I, I highly doubt it. But if you're listening, no. Walter, hello. Hi. <laughs> um, Hi, Wawa. We we do a podcast called "Gluten Is Not Your Problem," um, and that was based off of a uh, comment he made. We were getting ice cream cones one summer, like two summers ago. And I said, Oh, look, Walter, they got gluten-free ice cream cones. And I was kind of ribbing him, you know, cause he's kind of a curmudgeon. He's like, gluten is not your problem, John. And like, yeah. <laughs> and so we talk a lot of different food stuff and he's got like 20 years in the culinary uh, world. And, but he also, I really want to get him, nail him down on his time travel theories as well. Right. <laughs> but which he still thinks he's like, that just makes Jerry angry. I don't know if I want to talk about that. And I'm like, I, nah, I don't think it makes him angry. I, I, I don't. Well, tell him I don't really listen either. Walter doesn't. He doesn't. There's not enough true crime in Walter's oh. podcast. I need some more true crime. It's just he's always complaining about how like a cheeseburger is not a hamburger or something. I, mm-hmm. I'm like, where's the fucking body in the field? I don't give a fuck about your cheeseburger theory. I'm gonna send you, you. I'm gonna send you the link to the one about the great the great train mystery that we talked about, and it's about his mother's cousin who was um who was up for murder of his wife they found his wife dead and there was the, he was a suspect Ooh, so there in is the murder. a true crime one so all right bring it over bring it over i'll then. send you the link so it's called right. the great train mystery and mm-hmm. um it's it's actually it's really fascinating because you're like what is what is your toy train as a child have to do with the um, murder suspect cousin of your mother from Alaska, and how right, this is him. how did he get to be in Oregon while he was on trial? Like it was very this whole thing. I mean, this is like the seventies or the eighties, right? So they basically he was in a small town in Alaska, and um, the judge was afraid that he was going to get like lynched, and so mm-hmm. they said, "Go live with your family in Oregon." So there's Whoa. this whole thing about right. it. Send me that one. So I, I have <laughs> to rescind to... my. I have to take that back. I guess there is some true crime amongst the there's... hamburger and cheeseburger <laughs> debate. So yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of varied uh, um, there's a little bit of something for everyone. I think. Right. Um, right. for most people. So <clears throat> if you go check out any of those things, I uh, I do believe that you will find something that you like. 
Um, I also wanted to say that we had another um, we had another patron on Patreon join us. Sally was uh, very nice enough to uh, to join the club, and so she gets access to all of our podcasts a week or not a week early, but a few days early, and and the other movie right reviews on. and stuff that we do. And it was super cool. She was she was really sweet and and was she loves the idea of your Sky Bear. Oh, right on! Yeah, she th- thanks, Sally. She Word was, up, she Sally. That was really good. So, yeah, uh, that's and that's he's out there for those of you who don't in... know. Uh, who? How would you describe the Sky Bear or the? It's just it's my higher power. It's yeah. just the Sky Bear, dude. Yeah, it's just a bear that well, it doesn't necessarily live in the sky, but it's a bear. Mm-hmm. It's a bear covered in honey, eating garbage. <laughs> Fucking kill you, kill your ass in the woods. That's a power greater than me. Mm-hmm. It eats garbage. It eats garbage, speaking and it will kill of, me. Speaking of powers, um, animal powers, there's this great... I found this new Instagram feed called Nature is Metal. Yeah, I have Nature is oh, Metal, dude. dude. Yeah, Dude, yeah. some of it is amazing. Found it off of Reddit, yeah. Mm, it's intense. Yeah. I saw a rattlesnake today. I didn't get bit by it or anything. You just saw it? Just, well, I just saw was it. Was it dead? No, it wasn't. It was alive, and it was it was a Mojave rattlesnake. And um, it was sliding across the trail... And um, I didn't see its head, but it was crawling back into the grass. Did it slither? Slither mm-hmm. back into the grass? And slither, I just, and yeah. And I just heard it, and I saw the little tail go. Did you have that primal fucking fear in you? Did you get that primal panic? I knew as soon as... your monkey brain freak out? As soon as I saw it on the trail, I knew it was a snake because it wasn't brown or green. It was black and white stripes, and I was like, uh-uh. And I just stopped, and I was going to just like... Cause I already seen, I'd already seen it. And it was like, I don't know, a few yards ahead of me. And I stopped the guy, you know, that I was hiking with. And I said, Whoa, snake. And, um, I just kind of let it go. And I kind of, as it was moving and we walked around it and I got a quick, like little bit of video of it. Threw a rock at it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. And he said, he says to me, he goes, it's okay if they're like stretched out. Right. Because, Mm -hmm. um, they can't. They can only strike if they're coiled up. So, yes. So that was good to know because I, I was. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to get bit by a snake ever. No, I mean they taught us that in Arizona in like kindergarten. Right. Right. Have you ever snake awareness? <laughs> have you ever been near or gotten bit by any animal? I've never been bit. I've been near rattlesnakes. I've heard them. Scorpions. I've seen them. I've never been bit by a scorpion, but everybody else in my family has. <laughs> pretty much my mom has multiple times so does my sister my brother hasn't my dad had a wasp fly into his ear and get stuck in there once but that's just normal shit that's not arizona shit they had to drown it with oil and it kept stinging him in his eardrum poor guy man like my heart sorry i don't mean to laugh no it is kind of funny right he was up on the roof like fixing tile because they had spanish tile on the roof of the old house and I guess a wasp or some stinging bug flew in his ear and just decided to stay. And he was just Jesus. like fucked, man. I felt so bad for him. That's awful. Yeah, but no, I mean, I've seen my fair share of tarantulas and millip- centipedes, the big red desert centipedes. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm using my fingers, but they can be up to a foot long. That shit's all a mess, dude. I don't know. It's Arizona. It's, <sighs> it's a desert. Yeah. 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 Um, Boom. So, so three things today. I wanted to, you know, the letter today is F. And right. um, before I go, if you guys, if anybody, any listeners has any, if they have, if you guys have any suggestions for what we should talk about, we're always open. I have my own little way of the way that we go about 
figuring out what we're going to talk about each week, but I'm always right. open to suggestions and crowdsourcing that kind of stuff. If, if there's some, we want to be interactive. Let's be interactive. <laughs> if there, well, if there's something that we're not, we're not picking up or something, you're like, Hey, how come you guys have never talked about this? Then please right. let us know. F F is for frustrated, forlorn, and fucking a farts. Fart sock. Yeah. So d- full disclosure, um, the intro that you heard <clears throat> is not part of the same show because we had some technical difficulties, and so we decided to record it, and then we just had some more technical difficulties from a different angle. So um, welcome to yeah. for, welcome to A is for Alcoholic. Um, I'm frustrated. We've been here before. We've done this before. Um, in fact, we just did this a couple minutes ago, but I want to talk about i mean again frustration um we i think the best thing that we can do is to power through it and just continue forth and be done with you know be done with feeling bad about it and just rather than wallow in my frustration to do something about it right right so that's let's just do it again we'll just do it again let's just do it again so um so you said F is for 44. So I said F is for 44. Jerry turned 44 years old today. Or it was an last... uneventful, uneventful birthday. Not today, but last week. August 9th. Yeah, mm. last week. 9th. No, that was only just a few days ago. Yeah, last week. Yeah. I guess, yeah, mm. literally. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uneventful. And we were, I was, we were talking about the differences, the comparative differences between mm-hmm. how I appreciate it now to be uneventful, whereas the other ones were very eventful. And I had to make apologies. Or fucking try to find all the money I spent. Or all those other things. Make everybody unsee my penis or whatever horrible thing <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. I think that's the big thing is like the apologies and all the things. And so you think also when you're drunk, you know, when I would be drunk and it would be my birthday, I would think I could get away with even more. I would be taking my shirt off well, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, but- dude. And the idea that it's a special day, right? So you have to celebrate like even harder than you normally do. Because today's special, you know. Today's special, we're all celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just ended <clears throat> up being fucking tore up. But I mean, this year it was just the past. I mean, yeah, the past few years have been really uneventful and just really mellow. It's just kind of this day of, you know, I'm not even going to bullshit and say it's a day of quiet reflection or anything like that. It is literally like today's my day. I'm going to eat ribs. I'm going to eat cake. I'm not going to tattoo today. I ended up tattooing anyway, but that's because I made the appointment by mistake. Oops. But, um, nah, it's all right. I mean, what else am I going to do, though? You know, like, I can play video games all day, but I usually do that one day out of the week. I don't play as much as I used to. I do it, like, one day out of the week, I'll play games all day, and that's about... Mm-hmm. Even now, it's starting to get boring, but... Um, quite generally, it's just to hang out with the wife and the kid, man, and just be like, appreciate me. <laughs> I'm the reason we're all here. <laughs> <clears throat> did you um? Did you stay within your calorie count on your birthday? No. no. Well, I haven't. You know what, man? I, I, you know, not to get into this. Ah, <gasps> oh, fuck it. We'll get into it. But I haven't really been lately because I gained. This is awful. I shouldn't be putting those as stupid recovery podcast. But I mean, it's not the, the podcast is stupid. I mean, what I'm saying is stupid because I gained three pounds, right? And to me, that's a big deal. Like I'm like, damn, dude. Like I'm getting out of my discipline. 
mm-hmm. which kind of reverberates itself sometimes in my recovery. Although the recovery is either a give or take. It's either all or nothing in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Because right. to me, if I have one drink, then I'm done. You know, then I'm just going to, I know I'm going to start up again. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no moderation there. Whereas within staying within my ideal numbers and trying to eat healthy and exercise and everything. And I do exercise, exercise five days a week. But mm-hmm. if I get out of that calorie count too many times a week, I'll, I'll gain weight, you know? And so I'm like, damn, three pounds. And so like, I've been feeling kind of bad about it. So I've been, lo- I lowered my calorie count to try to lose about half a pound, but yeah, I'm still hitting like the same number I was hitting before, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you said something. I mean, not that it matters, or not that it's important to me, or anything like that. But well, it's more in the in the, uh, the brackets of recovery. You know, right. like let's talk about my diet. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that there's some analogies there. You know, when you talk about, I mean, of course, I love the idea. Uh, you know, your your father was talking about. You want to see some real strength. You want to see some real, you know, um, uh, pain recovery recovery yeah. is go to like overeaters anonymous because that's a motherfucker dude, can you right? you know because yeah. you have to eat to live and and right. you know i love the the analogy of like imagine if you're an alcoholic and you're in recovery but you have to drink only three shots of tequila every single day, day. that's it that's all you get bitch yeah exactly you, ha- but like, you have to awful. like that's awful yeah that's awful you need it to live <clears throat> so i mean i because I, I just think about it all the time too now and um Like you said, it's a discipline. So it's great that you can kind of see your discipline slacking because Mm -hmm. if, if, if my recovery is slacking, if I'm not pushing hard on my recovery, it doesn't instantly mean, oh no, I'm going to have a drink, but it also doesn't make me the happiest person in the world. Right. So if the discipline in your calorie count or something, you're like, oh man, well, no, I got to tighten it back up. You know, and make sure that my my program, whatever your program is, for whatever it is. It's a great way of putting it, my program, right? Because I refer to it as my diet, which then I'll use this like emasculating term, like my diet, which it shouldn't matter because we all have a diet. We all eat something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the other idea behind it, too, is that I look at it. I approach it a lot of the same way as I approach my recovery because my recovery, I look back on how I used to be and I say, I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to get back to where I was back then. And now I look at myself living my previous lifestyle as far as the way I ate and the way my body looked and the way I felt physically. And I always tell my wife, I don't want to go back there again because I went so far and I'm finally here where I'm comfortable physically and like healthy and can do things I couldn't do before. And so I really try really hard to not slide back into where I was before. Mm -hmm. But maintenance and losing weight are two different things because you're just maintaining now. You're just living life. This is what you do to stay alive. Where when you're losing, you have an achievable goal. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And you're trying to get to that goal. And once you hit the goal, you're like, oh, I just got to eat this specific way every day. And you can switch it up. It's just eating. It's all snacking for me. That's what it always kills me <laughs> with. You know what I mean? Like, And then she does open houses and brings home these like Costco cookies or apple little apple fritters or strudels mm. or whatever. And I, well, like, I'm not going to fuck with that. Like, I'm just going to cut half a strudel and eat the motherfucker, you know? No, I'll eat the whole strudel and count it and then be like, well, I guess I'm having ice for dinner, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, I think it can relate to recovery. It really can because it is a program you follow. You're trying to make a change in your life to better your life. The way you were living previously has been detrimental to your life. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can do it with alcohol. You can do it with cocaine. You can do it with gambling. You can do it with fucking porn. You can do it with anything. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always taken 
um, umbrage with people who say, oh, well, sexual addiction's not a thing, or this thing's not a thing, or that thing's not a thing. And I'm like, absolutely, any repetitive behavior that is making your life unmanageable is an addiction. Instagram. You know Instagram, dude, social media, like people think it's not because why it's not physically addictive. Like, how about all those people in hospitals that they fill full of Percocet and that percentage of people that come out of the hospital and they're not addicted to Percocet. They're physically addicted. They wean themselves off and then they go about their life doing whatever thing they're doing, you know. And then there's that percentage that has the mental addiction. And that's just the same as any other. It doesn't have to be a physical substance. You know, it can be a repetitive pattern of behavior, you know. So that's 44, struggling with strudels. <laughs> struggling with strudels, dog, right? I just had a, I measured out a half a cup of Rocky Road ice cream. That's what I was eating when we started. I measured out my little half a cup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm fine. Like, I feel great. I didn't have to eat all that Rocky Road ice cream. Like, I didn't have to eat like a mm -hmm. fucking full bowl. I could just have a cup and be all right. Whereas I know you can't fuck with ice cream because you're like, ooh. I ooh, feel like rub, rub it on your gums. Yeah, exactly, and shit. right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I mm -hmm. think the last time I had some was, I tried this one that was like sugar-free and it was like dairy-free and it was ever, you know, it was made with like bananas and turmeric and like ginger or something and yeah, and it was all right. But to be quite honest, it didn't hit the like ice cream center of my brain. You know what I mean? Right. The same way that like anybody who's ever, um who's ever quit drinking for a while and then had a drink. Like I've talked about it in the past where I took that straw taste. Like it was a, it was very early on in recovery, like maybe two months. And mm -hmm. I was at a bar and somebody slid a drink and they were like, Hey, taste this strawberry basil whiskey thing that I made. And I like right. instantly dipped in. I wasn't going to any meetings or anything, by the way, I was just kind of doing it by myself and, you're raw dog. I was raw. I was lone wolfing and raw dogging, and I took the straw White taste. White yeah. And instantly just got all flushed and like weird, and I just felt like this rush. And I, I remember I had to drive, and I remember thinking like, I don't know if I'm okay to drive because I had like one, right. you know, which, uh -huh. which now seems a little. I mean, it may sound a little excessive, I guess, but it at the time I was terrified. I felt like, oh my god, what does this mean? Do I have to start all over? And I was right. like, no, I don't have to start over. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I just anybody who's ever like quit something and then gotten a taste for it. And then you're like, ooh, that's something in there, you know, like it just hit mm -hmm. this hit that I didn't hit the ice cream center of my brain. And so mm -hmm. I just don't mess with it. I think about it a lot. But right. I know that if I bring a pint home, I'll fucking eat the whole thing. So Exactly, right? Because it's that repetitive pattern of but behavior, man. And as long as we're being honest with, you know, with each other and, and the rest of the world here. Um, so well, I was frustrated and I was like, you're like, I got to eat something and then we can hit record again and we can record this another podcast. And I was like, I was like, there's no, because I'm leaving town tomorrow, right? And I'm like, fuck, right. there's no, mm -hmm. like, fruit. I want a fucking, I want something sweet. Like, I'm so, like, tense, and I want to, like, stress eat something sweet. And I was like, right. I got this old banana, and I was like, I'll throw the old banana and some ice and some fucking almond milk and coconut water and some cocoa powder, and I made, like, this chocolate milkshake kind of thing. So it's still, uh -huh. like, that's only, like, a hundred and... Yeah, it's not very many calories. The banana's 100, almond milk's like 30. 30 and 30, the and the yeah. cocoa's like 20, 20. And I was like, oh, a little maple syrup, that'll do. So I put like... The, 
and the maple syrup's uh, probably like 40 calories for a tablespoon, maybe 50 calories mm-hmm. for a tablespoon. But it's like, that was my reaction was like, I'm frustrated. I need to go for something that will make me feel good. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I mean, yeah. I guess that's better than a pint of Ben and Jerry's um, yeah. for me. But... And it's better than a pint of fucking <clears throat> Tito's. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, I guess I made I made a better, better bad choice. I guess it's not really a bad choice. It was just rem- sort of like being aware of that behavior where it's like, I want, right. I want ice cream. So I'm going to make a fucking chocolate milkshake the best way that I know how that's under 200 But that's calories. also like people do that all the time when they, but you're talking about the motivation behind it. You're not right. like, Oh, I want something <clears throat> sweet. Cause that'd be nice. You're like, <clears throat> I want something sweet to distract myself from being frustrated. Having to record this fucking podcast again. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I get yeah. It. So that's the, that's the connection I try to make. So I still made the chocolate milkshake. I enjoyed the chocolate right. milkshake. Um, Good. I, you know, but then it was like, you texted me and you said, I'm ready. And I'm like, well, I'm not ready. I got a chocolate milkshake. I was like, give me five minutes. Yeah, no, like, please eat the chocolate. That was fine. I just <clears throat> want to let you know I was. But it's the coping mechanism. Right. It's doing something to make yourself feel better. To like, you're soothing. It's a soothing mechanism. Just like, like I mean, I don't got to mention it, but just like fucking whiskey, mm-hmm. it's a soothing mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because it's an outward. It's an outward influence. We're not using the thing inside of us to soothe us. Now we're taking something outside and putting it inside. To make us feel better, which is okay sometimes. Just don't fucking do it with cocaine and whiskey. You know what I'm saying? No, like, not if yeah. that's a problem for you. And I mean, I, I yeah, if, if it's not a problem, then by all means, dude, it's New Year's Eve. Go ahead, you know. Like, and if you're but, if you have found a way to use cocaine and whiskey in a healthy fashion, I would love to hear about it. But I, I, I yeah, we we want to read your newsletter. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard that story yet. No, neither have I. <laughs> Where someone says I have integrated whiskey and cocaine into my program and. I feel great. I feel great. I'm the mayor or whatever. Yeah. I'm the mayor. I think I'm the mayor. It's just a guy guy in his underwear in front of the Circle K. Like, I'm the mayor. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you are. But the other thing, we talk about, you know, alcoholics and we, you know, a lot of of what we do is we're sharing stories. And um, I heard this this thing... um, and I don't, and I want to remind you because I want you to tell me the story about the hole in the, in the ground again, when we get to this, but, um, okay. I heard this thing and he, the guy just said, he said, he said, feel felt found. And that's our second F for today or right. maybe our third mm-hmm. F, uh, so far, but, um, feel felt found. And he was saying that when you're trying to relate to somebody or you're talking to somebody about recovery, um, you say, I know how you feel. I felt that way too. And this is what I've found to feel better. And that kind of blew me away just because, well, I mean, I like alliteration too, but it just sounded, it sounded cool and it made sense. And I was like, wow, that's really great. That's really awesome. And, um, so it's, I, I, we talked about this before while we, we did we recorded a whole podcast about an hour ago but um you know one of the things that i found in early recovery is i got really excited right i got really excited wanted to share it with people and i was like people you know everybody needs this everybody needs this this program in their life and Mm -hmm. that sounds crazy to me now because it's like you can't go around like just spreading the word 
You know what I mean? No, no nobody wants to talk no. to that guy. <laughs> no, because then you're just evangelizing, mm-hmm. dude, you know? Yeah. And so the thing that I do now, because I, I still have a couple of friends that, um, unfortunately, uh, are not doing the best and, you know, could use some help, but they're not going to want help until they want help. Right. Yeah. That's just the way that it works. And so I go like I wait for those moments when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm talking to them and something comes up that's a problem for them that maybe is related around alcohol or, you know, money and alcohol or whatever it is. And, you know, Mm -hmm. something. And so I say, oh, yeah, I know how I know how you uh, I know how you feel. I used to feel that way, too. That's how I felt. I don't feel that way anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I go to these little meetings. Mm, yeah, see, but I can't really. No one can say see that. my face yeah, when I, I said know. it. But yeah, go to these uh, little meetings I'm behind the church. <laughs> behind the church, it's just in my car. Um, yeah, you want to go for a drive? It's like we'll just go sit in the car and talk, and so just talk, listen. Yeah, and it's not that creepy. It's like that's where the fucking magic no, happens, right, Jerry? You know, right? That is where and, the magic happens in its own weird way. Yeah. And so, but the thing that I can't say is like, hey, you know, I found a solution because mm-hmm. people aren't interested in the solution until they're ready to hear it. And um, they don't want to buy your fucking Amway, dude. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they feel like you're selling them Amway. And if you're a younger viewer, Amway was a pyramid scheme. Just so you know. Yeah, it's still around, I think. Um, yeah, it still is a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so, but I just love that idea about connection. I mean, that's what we... That's what I need to do when I want to talk to somebody about it is find some common ground. Um, yeah. You know, we, you and I have shared, we have a lot of shared experiences drinking and otherwise and sober. And um, it's really easy to be able to say, hey, man, I, this thing happened or I'm not really excited about this or, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And we can, we can connect really easily. Um, right. I think that, and I don't know if you have a lot of experience you have you have people come up to you and ask you, and people hit you up on Instagram and ask you about yeah. like, hey, how'd you get sober? Right. And what do you? I mean, what do you tell them? Like when they I like, hey, tell, well, I, I see it's weird, right? Because I don't have the. Uh, I do. I do. I guess I do have the moment where I'm like, hey, that way you're feeling right now. I have felt like that. You know, I don't really express that much when people come to me asking me what works for me because they're already. Do you know what I mean? They already. I guess they already have that sense that i've felt the way they felt mm-hmm. maybe i'm not sure but i i mean i do i do find i do relate in a sense to people and i don't get hit up that much but i always tell them what worked for me and that's here's this program i worked i go to a 12-step program and it's been super fucking helpful to me and you know if if you want to check it out you should check it out you know just go in there and listen you don't have to do anything nobody's gonna make you do anything because i mean I know we're supposed to be 11 traditioning this shit, but like the rooms are scary at first, you know, and I know we're not supposed to flippantly discuss it in such way, you know, to be representative because I'm not representative of it. No, but, but at first when you're first getting sober, dude, those rooms are fucking scary because you don't know, you don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to try to sell you something or cart you all off in a van to jail or <laughs> they're not going to do <laughs> either of those to, things. You know what but... I, no, they're not going to do any of that shit. Usually it's just a bunch of people sitting around a room talking. And then you get this whole <clears throat> jaded version of it where it's like, oh, all they do is complain and fucking sit around and commiserate and shit. And I'm like, ah, you got to really listen though, because you're learning shit. If you listen, you learn that within the complaints, 
even within the woo-woo is craziest motherfucker crying about his life there's a jewel in there to be found mm-hmm. somewhere dude some relatable thing or some i don't know man just something so what i guess i do is i always tell them what worked for me if they come into the shop i usually give them a big book and tell them this is what worked for me i read through this book this i feel like this is my instruction manual if you don't want it you don't have to take it i'm not going to judge you i think you should take it check it out if you don't like it just leave it on a bus bench somewhere someone else can take it you know or bring it back to me i'll give it to someone else if you don't want it but this is what worked for me yeah I can't tell you what'll work for you. I can't even tell you if you have a problem. And it's not like a weird Fight Club fucking Jedi mind trick. Like, I don't know what your bottom is. I don't know what your problems are. Like, I can't tell you what your problem is. Only you know. Only you can, like, look in your own mirror and go, well, fuck. You know, this is not working. I keep hitting my head against this wall and I haven't busted through yet. So I don't know, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. So feel free. Feel free. No, feel felt. Yeah, feel free to hit I'll me up feel, though. Uh, I'll, I'll hit me up. I'll talk. I'll talk to anybody on Instagram. I mean, I'll, I'll get you where you need to get. You know, there's certain things within my. I have boundaries, but you know, I'm cool right. though. I'm pretty cool. Yeah, I'm flexible. I found that people, you know, whether it be in the rooms or whatever, that and even just people that have, that I that have reached out to me, like <clears throat> people are. Everyone is is going through shit just like I am. <clears throat> right. So these people who are even the most excited to see me that I don't know. And it is as scary as it might be that there's a group full of people who are sitting around laughing at seven 30 in the morning and, uh, talking about fucking car wrecks and, you know, failed relationships and shit. And it's Mm -hmm. like, these people are still, are struggling just like I am. And so like, if there's something that I can do to help and that's, you know, that's what I've found is the, that one of the, the best medicine is, go out there and if I can help somebody else, if I can be of some kind of service to somebody, then Mm -hmm. I feel way better. You know, that like if I can just make somebody's day or say something and be like, yeah, you know, what you said was really good. Or if something's on my mind and I can share it and then you never know, like you said, you listen. Right. And uh, that's, that, that, that's been, that's huge. Well, you know, and we were talking about this the very first time we recorded <laughs> yes in our little pre-talk but like i was talking about how like the program isn't is like kind of isn't infallible you know the program's fallible and people are fallible and when you go into those rooms or you go around those people you can relate to or try to share with those people or be around those people like they're all of varying degrees of recovery and they're all in varying degrees of their sickness and some of those people seem the most recovered are actually in the depths of their sickness you know like it's all different for everybody and i think you just get a different thing from everybody each time you know Mm -hmm. yeah so i think using that program has been incredibly helpful to me i mean i don't think i could have done it without it honestly sure i mean so is without its help that's for sure yeah so you know so is like i i just don't i don't think that it needs it so is electricity and indoor plumbing has been extremely helpful to my development as a human right. being, you know, things. Right. <clears throat> so it's, yeah, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, just finding, finding relatable moments with people is, is, is huge. And so that, I just wanted to share that, mm-hmm. that little thing about the feel felt and, um, right. And found. It's a, Great way of reassuring yourself that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're not isolated because I've said this, I say it all the time, but alcoholism is a very isolating disease. Yeah. 
it just puts you alone with your thoughts and your track your little train track you walk around in circles so but that you can find someone else who knows that track dude they'll tell you you know and on that note i was hoping you could Mm. share the uh paraphrased parable about the man who fell in the hole yeah sorry i had juice and green in my (laughs) tooth um so what is it it's uh i i found it online but i'm just going to paraphrase it again it was like this uh chronic relapsing alcoholic right he falls mm-hmm. in this, falls into a hole and he can't get out of the hole and so like his family comes by and they like you know he's like they're like yo you can't stay in that hole you got everything to live for we fucking love you here's a ladder and they throw down a ladder and like it just fucking falls apart like he just can't get out with the ladder right and then this doctor walks by and he's like He's like, oh, man, I don't know if I can get you out of the hole, but I can at least give you some pills to help you not think about being in the hole. So he throws all these pills down there, and the fucking drunk eats all the pills, and then they're all gone, and the drunk remembers he's in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, a religious dude, like a priest, walks by, and he's like, no, we'll help you. God, you know, God will help you get out of the hole, and religion and shit. And so he throws all this religion down there, and, you know, that shit ain't gonna work. It didn't work either, and then... Finally, like a fucking recovered alcoholic walks by and sees this dude in the hole and he's like, just hops right into the hole with him. And the first drunk is like, what the fuck? Now we're both in this hole. And the recovered guy's like, yeah, but I've been out of it. So I know the way out. Mm -hmm. It's like, bam, right? Book shut. Like everybody's like, thanks for that fucking issue of Grapevine, you know? Yeah. Because I don't know if you've read the Grapevines, but I read a bunch of them. I love them. I think they're cute. They're cute, man. This is a 65 year old lady in Iowa telling you this fucking story right here. Yeah. And you're like, hell yeah. It's really, hell yeah, Sally. It's really sweet. Or and it's Sarah really, or whatever. Like, you got, I, I got to get in the hole, you know, and thank God. I got, he got so, right? Feel felt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, I'm glad somebody got in my hole. And I, <laughs> yeah. Was that me? No. No, no, me. that was me. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get in your hole. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just hole. saying. I'm glad that somebody jumped in <laughs> to show me the way out, right? No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just gotta. Uh, it's I can't help it. Um, gotta pay the troll toll. Yes. Um, so. So yeah, I, I just I love that story and. Um, yeah. The, I'll t- I'll text it to you. Yeah. The, the full ones so you can read all the. For those of you who thing. don't know, the grapevine is like a. Um, it's like a twelve-step. Uh, reader's digest kind of it's like a reader's digest for the program that john and i are in yeah so and it's it i love it because it's always like a mother of four found joy and whatever not getting day drunk off of wine anymore mm-hmm. you know and working the program there's all these really sincere and sweet stories and and you know very much there's yeah. there's some dark stuff too but you know i i think yeah. that um I th- we're drunks it would be it's it a little dark in yes here. so um and also, so the big one and the big F and the the big F, but the one that I was struggling with this week is um, family. And um, the thing with me, and we talked about this, is I have a lot, a lot of anxiety around my family. As a kid, I was forced to grow up very fast, um, alcoholic father. Uh, my mother wasn't always there because, you know, she lived in a different state and there was a lot of manipulation and control issues using us kids, my father using us kids and kind of like, you know, removing us from her in a lot of ways. And, um, so I grew up fast and I was like, I was a caretaker. I was a caretaker to my brother, my little brother. I was a caretaker to my father. In a lot of ways, I was a caretaker 
and to my mother, you know, and my mother's in the midst of some serious um, transition right now. And, um, you know, my brother is, is in flux, but he's feeling better. And so I'm going down to visit them and it's a four hour drive. And so I'm like, oh, I don't want to go on the drive. And I've just been really stressed out and anxious because there's all this sort of like swirling sort of stress and different things going on. And I'm just like, oh man, what's it going to be like? And, you know, the idea that me trying to or wanting to control things and sort of organize it and make sure that wanting to be this sort of caretaker and even like cruise director for the two two days that I'm going to be gone two days two and a half days right is that I want to organize things in such a way that I can keep everybody at a distance that doesn't that doesn't affect me and, right. and so in my mind, I, th- I feel like I'm taking care of my family. I feel like I'm organizing things. I feel like I'm doing all this. But ultimately, it's, it is a selfish way for me to protect myself from having to deal with, um, eat, deal with my feelings. Not, with, right. not even with other mm-hmm. people, right? With my feelings towards these other people who are my family. Uh-huh. And um, that's selfish because, and that's not honest. It's not honest with them. It's not honest with myself. And to be able to say, you know, we talk about boundaries a lot and how important it is to have boundaries. And maybe if I was honest and just shared my boundaries with my family, I wouldn't have developed the anxiety that I have. Mm -hmm. And what did you say before? That like their only crime is that they... (laughs) <laughs> they depend on they you. depend on you you know <laughs> which still makes me laugh though because it's so simple it's like mm-hmm. and this is in your case in particular i mean we can't account for some people who just have truly garbage ass mm-hmm. families you know <laughs> there's some garbage ass human beings yep. out there and i'm really sorry for you you know that's fucking sucks more but more important reason in that, your case yeah. is just like they're just depending on you and from what i'm hearing they're like depending on you for a lot you know they're like oh john is dependable now like we can depend on John now. He's not a fucking shit show on fire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, John's like stable now. Like, and he seems to have his shit together. You know, his shirt's tucked in. His fucking, <laughs> his shoelaces mm-hmm. are tied. You know what I'm saying? He's not tripping anymore. So, yeah. yeah. And it's it, that's yeah. that's not that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I just no. I just need to be clear with myself about what I want to be depended on for. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Right. Like right. what level of, uh, what level do I want to like prop people up, or what level am I? What am I available for? What do I have a capacity right. for? Do you right. do you want to talk? Sure, we can talk. Do you got money? No, I I ain't got no money for you. Can I right. can I stay at your house? Absolutely not. Um, right. Do you need some help putting a couch in the back of the truck? Sure, you know. And so you you it's important to have those boundaries. Otherwise, people will continue to use and manipulate. Ma- manipulate their way into your life and it, right. it just if it doesn't feel good i don't want to do it so right um so that's something that i'm i'm coming to terms with and it's like well just go down there and have a good time and just let be whatever happens happens that's all you can really do man and you've said it before you one of your favorite things is acceptance like if something's not going my way the best thing I can do is just accept the way that it's going. Right. As impossible right. as that might sound um, to some. And, you know, you can you 
can you relate? Do you talk about the going shopping with? Uh, all right. With, See, we, yeah. man, we had some great stories in this last one, right? But no, yeah, they were all right stories. We were <laughs> ki- we just mildly killed it. But so uh, <laughs> I went uh, school shopping with my wife and my kid, and uh, I don't like going school shopping because it's uh, there's a lot of moving parts there, right? My wife is a uh, she's a uh, she thinks about things like she considers all her options. That's what I mm-hmm. was saying. Was, you know, and the relatability is that like you when you and I need something from a store, and I don't think it's necessarily a gendered thing. It's just I know that you're a lot like me because I've been grocery, I've been clothes shopping with you mm-hmm. actually. When we need something, we think, okay, I need fucking undershirts and sock garters. You know what I'm saying? So you go to the store and you just you go and get the undershirts that are your size and you get the sock garters that are your size and uh, you're out. Whereas if my wife on her end, she wants to consider options and see what's on clearance and see what it is in four different colors. And do you know what I'm saying? So I tend to get really impatient, you know. And before that, with the real estate thing, she had to stop by a client's house to an open house she was working on to drop off an item and then she ended up stuck in there for like fuck dude like half an hour so olive and i are just sitting in the car for like half an hour with the air conditioner going playing like wars of friends or something <laughs> so she finally comes out and gets in the car and i'm like a little already irritated because i was like you said it'd be 10 minutes and it was like fucking 30 35 minutes you know and she says oh well the owner was there and she was needed to be reassured of a few things, and she needed to talk to me about a few things. I had to talk her down, you know. So, I I don't know, man. It wasn't even acceptance at that point. It was more like relatability. Like, oh, I get it. You had to work. Okay, cool. I'm not pit- I'm not gonna fucking be a dick about that. that's not worth it, you know. And so we go to the mall, and and like I told you, she just takes her time. And typically, I would get really fucking frustrated because I'm like, you are killing my life. Like you're taking an hour, a minute of my life away each time you're trying to figure out whether or not you want like fucking sparkly pants or sparkly shoes, you know, or whatever it is. But what I did was I just started mall walking doing mall laps right and we were joking about this earlier because it's like an old guy old old lady thing right like mall walk you know the you get the stable weather you know nice flat stable service weather, and it always changes right there's always going to be a different weirdo out in front of spencer's mm-hmm. gifts you know <laughs> you walk by and like what's up hot topic because i brought up hot topic last time but that, that ended up kind of sounding creepy and i didn't mean for it to sound creepy but we don't gotta really don't, revisit no. that walk by the zoomies it's like bam y'all barely sell skateboard shit anymore you know like just, and I kept doing laps trying to get my steps and I'd go back into the store justice, which we had laughed about because I said I didn't want to stand in justice with my with thought, my daughter and my wife. And I, I just thought that sounded right. like some sort of epic moment. I'm standing in justice. And I was like, what does that nah, mean? And it's just a store of unicorns on shirts <laughs> and little like glittery cheeseburgers and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I just keep going back in there and checking in on them every time I do a lap. And the the Valley River Center here in Eugene, the mall is tiny, dude. Like you can do a lap in fucking two minutes. You know, it's not that big of a deal, but it is. It just was a coping mechanism, right? So to me, like I like working out. Like I'm I'm a lot like you in that I like to movement in my workout. I like lifting weights and stuff, but my favorite workouts are the walks. Yeah. And I'll run, partially run, but I like walking because I love the movement, right? And I don't, I'm don't. i not a silent walker. Like, I listen to a podcast or I'll listen to music if I want to run. Me too. But mm-hmm. I, I love the movement, the forward movement. And it's almost a soothing thing to me now. So it's part of my acceptance. It's a soothing thing, right? 
So moving forward, it's just walking through while they're doing their shit. Maybe going to JCPenney's and looking at something coming out. And so on the way home, my wife was like, I, like, damn, dude, that went really well. Like, we didn't fight. We're not driving home with a black cloud over your head. Like, you, you didn't act fucking, you didn't get mad. You weren't pissed off, you know? And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And she's like, yeah, you must be using your tools, man. Like, you're using your tools. And, and that's not to say that every time we go to the mall, we get into an argument or I get pissed off or we drive home with a black cloud. I'd say it was more like 85% of the time. So I'm getting better. Yeah. You know? But usually I just don't go. I'm like, well, I'll just hang out here because I just don't really feel like feeling impatient, you know, like wanting to move on to the next thing while you take your time. It's just much easier if you do it by yourself. And it's no big loss of hers anyway. Because Megan's real independent, dude. She'll just do shit on her own. She's, she'll, she's one of those ones that's when we get older, she'll be like, let's take separate vacations. <laughs> right? We do that already. Yeah, my vacation is they leave and I play video games and watch movies. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they go to Arizona and I'm like, go for it. Like, um, have fun. See your family. Like, well, enjoy your life. Well, that's great because, you know, this goes back to your, you were like, so my boundary is I'm not going to stand in this clothing store with you but fucking wait yeah but your reaction doesn't have to be i'm gonna be angry frustrated and pissed off it's like okay you and obviously you don't care that i'm not here or that i'm here i'm gonna leave and right you don't need me you don't need me and they're fine with that it's not like it wouldn't be like where are you going you can't you can't be with us you can't stay with us like that's right. not important. She's not like that no. at all. Yeah. She's like, go, motherfucker. Go so that we can <laughs> we can get do the thing we want to do. Right. So I mean, that's you setting those boundaries that I'm gonna come with you and I'm gonna enjoy it. But when it becomes too much for me, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna leave. And right. you I mean, I've got a cell phone in my pocket. If you need me, you know you can find me. I'm not that far away. And I'm just gonna right. go get my steps in or, you know go get an orange Julius or whatever it is that you right. feel like doing a Wetzel's pretzel. Do they still do those things? Is it just, they had two fucking Wetzel's pretzels in that mall, but no orange Julius. What is that? That's some communism that, right there. Is that dude. communism or is that a monopoly? No, that I'm okay with communists actually. They are right. I guess mm-hmm. it depends on the communist, but anyway, <laughs> yes. yeah, I guess it is a monopoly. I yeah. don't know. It depends on the communist. Yeah. Like just, yeah, I don't even want to, we can too many Wetzel's pretzels, not enough orange Julius. You know hey man, let's. When do we want it? Now. Um, now. So I think that's I I I think that's that's an awesome example of you. Like like she like your wife said, just using the tools that you got, and you're like this. This is the whole point of learning these things is that when we get into these crunch times, when we get into these moments that may that tend to trigger us into bad behavior, into right. building up resentments toward people that don't even know we have them just as an excuse to go drink, right? right. Because, I mean... Or just, yeah, or even just relapse into alcoholic thinking. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Because they always say the resentment always leads to a drink, but there's always the drinking thinking beforehand, mm-hmm. you know, like that alcoholic way of thinking where it is all resentments. And, yeah, and then eventually I, th- I, I believe it leads there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I do my best to check myself as much as I can and to really sort of dig down. And we, you know, we talked about this before, too, where you really have to, I should say, I need to, 
figure out what my part in it is. So if I'm feeling right. resentful, if I'm feeling frustrated, if I'm feeling angry, what is my part? If I'm if I'm frustrated and I want to like just say fuck it because I my the podcast didn't record correctly, I'm like what was mm-hmm. my part? Well, John, did you make sure? Did you take all the steps beforehand? Did you close all the did windows? You, all your windows? Did you shut no. that YouTube, buddy? No, I didn't. I just had shit running. Because I was, you know, that was that was that was careless on my part. Had I right. had I not been careless earlier, Jerry, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I always appreciate talking to you, but um, yeah, it's nice. But we you know, a double up tonight, you know. But it would, be the, but the other the other conversation is is unsalvageable for the audio. But so, so that was my part in it is not handling my business, and that's just that's just a, in. Uh, a metaphor for my recovery is like, right. are you doing the work? Are you handling the business so that when the moment comes that you need to use those tools, when I need to have my recovery strong, when I'm going to go and visit my family and I'm going to practice patience, I'm going to practice acceptance and I'm just going to let things go. And And the truth is all the anxiety is in my head. All of the stress is really in my is. head. Right. Like these people are just excited to see me and looking to give me a hug and maybe go, I don't know, eat a bowl of noodles and I'll maybe I'll get to fly a kite on the beach with my nephew. Shit, that sounds great, dude. <laughs> so that really does, yeah. So maybe I maybe and what is my what is my part in that? Well, it's you know it's it's a lot of years of of conditioned training from my father among other people about you know feeling that I have to take care of people. I don't have to do shit anymore. Nope. You know? And if you think about it, you've been conditioned longer than you've been trying to uncondition yourself. So right. It takes time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it's... It, I don't, I gotta be honest with you. I think we had to re-record this podcast so you could work through this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's my Dr. Drew <laughs> moment for you right there. <laughs> Don't get AIDS. Well, if you do, I'm sorry. Don't get gonorrhea. If you Dr. do, Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. If you do, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Drew. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right because it's it's all in my fucking head. I have my I've, you know, I've got my own place. I can go find a meeting down there if I need one. Yeah. Which hey, I might do it anyway. Red. I'd love to do some out of town meetings, man. I never get to, cause I'm always just here. Yeah. You would love it. You would love it. It's a trip to just wander in and be like, Hey, what's up everybody? How you doing? Fucking. I should just go to some in Springfield over the bridge. Yeah. They're way different. Yeah. Be like, how you doing Des Moines? You know, what's up Des Moines? <laughs> it's me, your boy. You no know, man. Instagram is soberosity. <laughs> it's like travelocity, but sober. Silverosity. Is that one taken? Sober. Soberosity. Sober. Soberosity, yeah, it's uh-huh. like travelocity, but they find you all the AA meetings. Mm-hmm. Soberosity, or all the twelve-step meetings. The A is for alcoholic Correct. app Correction. coming your way. Right there, you go. Um, uh, we'll just give them five stars, one stars, rate them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's true. I I do need to work through this stuff, and I need to I need to become a better I need to become a better son. I need to become a better brother. I mean, can't tell me that it's not it's not necessary or reasonable or that I don't have more work to do. Like, come on, you know? So, so what does that mean? Does that means not only being a better person and being 
you know, the more well-adjusted people that the person that people think they can depend on, but also setting boundaries with the people that I love and being open and honest, because all it's going to do is allow me more freedom to be who I want to be around them rather than trying to, rather than lying to them about why I do or don't want to do certain things. Um, Right. You know, or trying to fix it, being preoccupied with trying to fix everything and be in charge of everybody's emotions and be in charge of everyone's well-being when they're adults they mm-hmm. should be in charge of their own shit and if they can't well i can't they help gotta them. learn yeah you can't help them exactly like you gotta learn that shit you know the only emotions i want to you know yeah i mean i i am i struggle with being in control of my own and not like i need to control it and that's a whole nother conversation about men and emotions and and feelings and all this kind of stuff but man i'm looking forward to that one (laughs) looking forward to that podcast um but it's the one thing that i've learned about that is that you i have to work through it i have to just live in it i have to you know we we say it all the time trust the process you're Uh, you're right where you're supposed to be jerry Right. But, but I love it. I love what you just said. But it's true. Keep going and I'll tell you what no, I love. No, but I I have to I have to sit in it. If I'm depressed, I have to sit in it. And and the mm-hmm. what I know more now today than I did 4 years ago is is that it's going to pass and it's not the end of the world and it's not forever. Cuz I know that too about the happy moments. I know that too about the joyous moments. It's not fucking forever. So really enjoy the the joy. And know that the sadness is going to pass. And I, I have to remind myself of that. Yes. Yeah. You got to sit in it and let it pass. And you, exactly. you like that? Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like shitting your pants on an airplane. You just got to sit You just got to sit in it. Exactly. The seatbelt light is on. You ain't going nowhere. You just got to mm-hmm. sit in your mess. But that's a real bad analogy because it's gross. <laughs> well, So it's more like you just got to sit in the moment mm-hmm. and just let it either pass or overtake you. And it just... Man, I mean, not to get too Alan Watts here. I think we talked about it last time, but it's all just all of our lives is just us responding to stimuli that's happening right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, why would you be concerned about what might or might not happen, or be upset about what happened? I guess you could be upset about what happened because the brain is amazing with post traumatic stress disorder, but. Man, but no, it is. It really is amazing the way the brain will focus on those things and just fuck with you in that way. But, but I mean, I, it's just sitting in it in the moment and knowing this is happening, and it'll pass. It may take a long fucking time, or it may be quick, but it'll pass. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I got sober. You know what I mean? In those first like fucking month or two, I just had to let it pass. This will pass. This will pass. This will pass. This will pass. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's my my big one is just is learning to learning to be an adult friend to the people in my family. Yeah. You know. Dude, t- hang out with a little nephew, get some saltwater taffy, you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, you four pieces is like 180 calories. <laughs> exactly, so right? right? Make sure you go for a jog before that. Um Right? You know, you talk Just about it now, kite. like that you are great friends with your parents these days. Yeah, we get along really well. That wasn't really always well. the had, case. No, but I mean, those are like uh, the adolescent years where everything was super turbulent, mm-hmm. you know. And also, I, I, 
we were born real weird, right? Not weird. <laughs> we we're born in weird times, you know, like my sister and I are three years apart. And then the next, my next two siblings are six and 12 years, nine and 12 years apart from me. Mm -hmm. So when Faith and I were born, my parents were fairly young and still in active alcoholism. So we were, we were being raised with the tools they had, you know. And, and poor, very poor. We were raised very poor. My parents were 16, 17 and 18, respectively, when I was born. They were kids. They weren't even out of fucking high school yet. My mom wasn't even out of high school, you know? So they were working with the tools they had and the money we had. And the same when my sister was born three years later. So my, you know, my mom was 19 and my dad was 20, you know? And, uh, you know, my next set of siblings were born around the time my dad got sober and then my mom got sober. So they were born under really different circumstances. We got really different parents. And so I think, yeah, I held a lot of resentment growing up, but I also resented myself a lot too for what I did to them growing up, you know, cause it was such a turbulent time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. I was more mad at, more embarrassed and mad at myself by the way I acted. Because I was fucking crazy. I was a crazy fucking teenager, man. I just, I had no way to rein it in. I had no coping mechanisms. I had no soothing skills. All I knew was like, fucking, yeah, act out. And then once I started getting drunk, then it was like, oh, oh, here's my fucking security blanket. You know what I mean? It started calming down a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now you, you, you can talk to your to your dad. You can joke with yeah, your mom. I, I know. I've already. It feels weird rehashing through it since we already did it earlier. But yeah, we're homies. My mom listens to the podcast. You know, I mentioned. Hey, Leanne. Hey, <laughs> mom. Leanne. She still got those you know, weird dogs. Those no, they're things. all dead, dude. Oh, no. But oh, her I'm homies sorry. are the chickens now. It's all right. Dogs die. Yeah. You know, that's exactly that's a Leanne quote, by the way. <laughs> that's all right. Dogs sorry. die. She loves them. She names them. They're like her children. She made sweaters for them and shit. Like they'd sleep in the bed, you know. Well, no, they, they slept around the bed. But I remember telling her, I'm sorry, all your dogs died. And she goes, that's what they do. They die. <laughs> it was very they were Mexican fact. hairless dogs, right? They're yeah, the yeah, Jolo Squintly. They're called Mexican hairless. They look like they're uh, fucking weird, but they're they look weird, <laughs> but they're real sweet, man, mm -hmm. and real loyal. And now she's got chickens, so all the chickens have fucking names. She just told me a story about how it was so hot in Tucson the other day. She went out to feed the chickens, and one of them was just passed out, <laughs> just unconscious. So she brought it inside, and when she brought it inside, it died. She was trying to not to make the story sad, but she was trying to give a chicken CPR, like. <laughs> this chicken and it died she's like it just got too hot and it died <laughs> i was like well, what the fuck she's always like, buried it you know you didn't eat it i mean that's i would have no oh no meat probably gross man dead chick <laughs> dead hot chick i don't know actually i thought you were it. gonna tell me that it laid a hard-boiled egg or something yeah that's great she'd love that joke i hope she listens to this one did it lay a hard-boiled egg mom you know <laughs> she's like shut up idiot <laughs> but yeah so you know, it's funny because they're both in recovery. My dad's been sober since like October 1989. My mom got sober, I think, in like the 90s, 95. I think right when I moved to Oregon, I think mm -hmm. my mom got sober around that time. And um, that's it's just great being able to share this with them. You know, and it's fucked up too because like yeah. I had to fucking share my – the thing that made me relatable to my dad or made me and my dad relate to each other. I want to rephrase that. The thing that – I feel like made us get along better than anything was the fact that we both are shit show drunks. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is fucking crazy, but also I'm super fucking grateful for it. Like I, 
I, I think eventually I would have become close to my father, but I think we have this common ground now where, like, we get it. Like, I fucking get it now, dude. I never understood it before until mm -hmm. I went into, until I sobered up and got into the program, and I was like, oh, I fucking get it. Holy shit, I'm so stupid, you know? And my, my mom, my mom and I are so similar that I've always kind of got it with her, you know? I get it a little more now, though. Like, there's definitely some clarity there with my parents. But... Nah, man, they're cool. I have my boundaries up pretty good with them for the most part, you know. Well, that's yeah. that's and that's something I hear from you. And that's something that I feel in myself is just getting closer with my family, the better, the more, the further in recovery I get. Well, yeah. And it gives you the power to be able to assert yourself as well, because now you don't have to sit around making sure everybody's OK. You know, now you can make sure that you're OK first because you got to be OK to help out other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, you can't be a medic and be missing a fucking leg. You're no use. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> how do you give chicken? How do you give CPR to a chicken, Jerry? I guess you just kind of push on it. Like I think I picture her like pushing, like doing actual human CPR, but just singing the "Staying Alive" song. You know, like "Staying, staying alive, alive, Staying, staying alive. alive," because that's the uh, beats you're uh, supposed to use uh, when you're doing CPR. Uh. It's supposed to be to the rhythm of "Staying Alive" is your chest compressions. Mm. But you're supposed to crack people, like crack their fucking ribs and shit. So she must have smashed the chicken, maybe, or I don't think she did though. I think she just put ice cubes on it, and maybe I don't know. Try to fuck cool it did. off. I'm gonna ask her. I need to I'll know. I will. I'll ask her. Well, I'm looking forward to the chicken story, Jerry. Yeah. All right. Just remind me next time I talk to her. Be like, did you do CP? She'll be like, no, fool. I just put them inside. That's all she'll probably say. <laughs> all right. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at asforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>